You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. Welcome back. Bears fans, it is another edition of Bears Nation podcast. And are you ready to get extremely angry? Because we are recording this on Wednesday the 13th, following the Bears postseason loss to the Saints, which they lost 21 to 3. The final technical box score was 21 to 9, but let's be honest with ourselves, it was 21 to 3. And it was possibly one of the ugliest and worst football games I've ever watched in my life. And we're not really going to break that game down because, let's be honest, if you're here, for those of you fans that are left, even for this organization, you don't want to talk about the game. It was ugly. They got their asses kicked. Anthony Miller is a bum. Javon Wims is a bum. Uh, But we're going to move on from that because we're going to talk about the future and direction of this franchise and if there even is one. Because, like I said, this is Wednesday This is Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Chuck Pagano has retired, and there was a press conference, a little 90-minute press conference this morning by uh, Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, Matt Nagy, and Ryan Pace. They sat at Hell's Hall. They sat on Zoom for 90 minutes, and, uh, you know, for the most part, they answered some questions. Now, did they answer them... um, with real answers? No, uh, because they were not real answers, and it, it it was just brutal. They sat there, and they took questions, and basically, I mean, at the end of this, this is what I got from, th- this is basically what I got from this. What are they, vegetables or fruit? <clears throat> and what does that make, ketchup? <clears throat> oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> These guys stink. These guys, all four of them, they stink. They stink. Uh, They're the worst, and I want every single one of them gone. They answered questions and basically kept saying, oh, well, our culture, and this is what we have. This is what we've built. Really, Ted Phillips answered a question about, you keep talking about the culture. When does that equate to wins? And he literally essentially said, oh, it's not about the wins. It's about the friends you made along the way. Dude, what? That doesn't make sense. That's not how you run a football team. That's not how you, that's not how you're, that's not how you get to where you're trying to go. That's not how you get to the playoffs. That's not, well, I guess it is how you get to the playoffs in an expanded field, but that's not how you win playoff games. That's not how you win playoff games. That's not how you beat teams and get a trophy at the end. And it, it's so dumb. And arguably the most infuriating point is they asked, a, got asked a simple question. How long are Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's contracts? And Ted Phillips looked everyone in the eye and said, that's not pertinent to this situation. Excuse me? That is the most pertinent thing to this situation because you have to know how long these two big fat stooges are going to be in charge of this organization. You have to know how long this circus is going to be around. And so it's like, if you're not willing to answer questions like that, how can you, how can the fans trust you with this organization? And I've said this over and over and over. The problem with this team is that an accountant is running this team. Ted Phillips is an accountant. And he's in charge of this team. And they say over and over every year, every time something goes wrong, the same old thing is said. Oh, well, he doesn't get he doesn't make the football decisions. He hired the guy who's making the football decisions. And if you think ownership and Ted Phillips don't lean 
on Ryan Pace when he makes those decisions, you're a fool. And I don't think anybody is buying into that. I think Bears fans, I think every single Chicago Bears fan is smart enough and is aware enough to know that Ted Phillips absolutely has a hand in what goes on in Hallis Hall. And that guy needs to go. And it's just absolutely infuriating because for 90 minutes, they sat there and they acted like the fans don't know what's going on. They acted Mm -hmm. like the fans are too dumb to know what's going on, that there's a bigger picture that the fans aren't seeing. There is no picture. There's not even a frame. There's not even a wall to hang the picture on. There's nothing there. So it's this team has no direction. And I'm going to end this little rant by by asking a simple question like, and Kevin, this is to you. Do you understand now where me and Chris were coming from a couple weeks ago when we said we were scared and that it was almost better to root for losses so that you could get these guys out of the building? Because now, exactly because I knew this would happen, they backed into the playoffs and now they're trying to sell the fans and us, that includes us, on, oh, well, you made the playoffs two out of three years, so we're going to run it back. This is exactly what we were afraid of. And now you have all these clowns back and you get to see a circus for one more year. And Ryan Pace is going to have unlimited power. They said today that Ryan, Ryan Pace said, Ted and George are giving us more the most resources and the most opportunity they've ever given us to put a winning team on the field. That's the scariest thing in the world to me, because now not only can, can Ryan Pace possibly screw this up for next year, he has power to screw this up for multiple years down the road. And now that is very, very tricky terrain. And it's very scary. There is a slim chance he gets it right and hits it big. And we're looking back on this thing. Oh, well he hit it. So never mind. there. He could possibly screw this up for the next five years, possibly more. And that's exactly what I was saying when I'd rather make the playoffs five straight years, three years from now, than have one playoff appearance now and suck for the next five years. This is exactly what I was afraid of. And I'm just saying now, Kevin, in hindsight, do you realize or like, have you, have you changed your mindset about what me and Chris were saying a month ago? Well, first I'll say this. Um, I would never, like, if you asked me to go back in time and say, would you rather have had the Bears lose those games? Um, if you knew what the outcome would be, I would still say no. I'd still have wanted to see them in the playoffs. But quite frankly, guys, if they did tank, I'm not even sure they would have gotten fired. I'm not even sure Nagy and Pace would have gotten fired. I'm not even sure Ted Phillips would have gotten fired and the conversations would be different. I quite frankly believe the conversations would be the same, except the tone would be different and the excuses would be different. And, oh, you know, you know, something didn't go right. Oh, you know, the quarterback didn't play well. Guys, the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, played extremely well the past five games. And yet one of the first things to come out of George McCaskey's mouth was that he has full confidence in Nagy and Pace, but the quarterback position needs to be better. When the quarterback was the majority of the reason as to why they won those final four games. So even if they did go 5-11 and 11 after that Packers game, they lost the next four games. They lost out like some people advocated for, like you guys advocated for. I'm not even sure the outcome and what we listened to today would have been any different. And I, and I truly believe that based off of what we heard. Um, it's blind confidence to these guys for no for no reason um you know they 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 found a way to make excuses for Nick Foles early on they found a way to make excuses for every little thing the, the delusion is there and if they went 5 and 11 or if it, what happened happened 8 and 8 lost in the playoffs the conversations would have been the same you would have gotten these same exact answers from everybody today um because they're not going to tell you what it is they're not going to tell you straight to your face what's going on this is what they do um if you guys watch George McCaskey's <clears throat> interview, 
I mean, I've never seen somebody so blunt answering questions. And yes, it is more traditionally that it, uh, it's more traditional that an owner will be more blunt than, per se, a coach or a GM and won't give that much insight. But this guy was giving one sentence responses to very hard hitting questions from guys like Mark Podesh and Adam Johns and Adam Hogue, who are asking him, what, what the hell is going on here? And it's, it's the same old shit. And that's the three words that you will hear from everybody. Same old shit. Give it to me straight. Even if you wanted to keep these guys here, even if you wanted to keep <clears throat> Nagy and Pace, which is going to happen, which we, as we know, they will be here for, you know, who knows, X amount of years because they w- would decline to speak about their future contracts. At least admit to what you did wrong and and tell me how it's going to change. You, they didn't tell us a single thing as to why we as fans and analysts should believe that the coming years are going to be any different than this year in the past. So I think that's what's the most frustrating thing as well is, you know, you ask these questions, oh, you know, we're going to put our head down and we're going to work at it. And it's the same old shit. It's the same old responses. Tell it to me straight. Tell me you sucked last year. Tell me you lost six games in a row and that's unacceptable. Don't find me excuses as to why that happened. Don't find me excuses as to why you lost this game and excuses for every single guy in the building. Hold these guys accountable. Tell me, tell me straight. Tell me straight what's going on. They didn't do that. And I think that is partially why the react, why you're seeing the reaction you're seeing to that press conference. I mean, people are, you won't find a single Bears fan who is happy after what they heard today, after the things they've seen on Twitter, after the press conferences that they watch. And a majority of the reasoning behind that is because you were given no answers. You were given no insight into what's going on. It's all, you know, secretive and hiding. And, you know, we're not going to tell you how it is. This is just what we're going with and deal with it. And we're not going to tell you what's going in behind, you know, what's going on behind the organization. And I think that's one of the arguably the most fatal flaw of an organization, no transparency um, to these fans, to the media about what's going on. And, and that's part of the reason why there is so much doubt, but you know, it's, it's a tough time, Chris. I don't know where you're at. Um, I'm sure. I mean, you as Jake, again, this is, this is what you feared, but again, to, to my point going back, and I think, I don't know if you guys can see this or not, my way of thinking, even if they were to go five and 11, I truly don't believe things would change based off of the blind loyalty and the blind confidence that George McCaskey and the, and quite frankly, the irrational confidence and loyalty that um, Ted Phillips and George McCaskey have towards Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Look, I was actually thinking about that, Kevin. Like, I, I was thinking about that yesterday um, when after Pagano, there was no other news. I'm just like, damn, man. Like, honestly, like, if they would have lost, I don't even, like, I, I really don't even know. They probably would have still brought him back because it just seems like they're just blind. But today, Ryan Pace literally said, winning three out of the last four spoke to the culture. <laughs> spoke to the culture and like the way i view it is like you're right that 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 could have been the case kevin but i see it as in like all of this stuff is ammo and that's and they have that ammo to hide behind and and as much as it sucked and we know it doesn't speak to the culture we know they beat three bad teams but they can hide behind that they have the ability to hide behind that they can get away with it you know what i mean and that's how i was viewing it at the time like yeah like you're right Things might not change, but it, it was just giving them more ammo. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Like, I, you know, the the, the answers, I, the questions I had um, are still the questions I have after that press conference. Literally nothing got answered. Um, where do we move from here? I genuinely have no idea. Um, but I do want to say something. Uh, Jake brought it up when he first started, but I am terrified 
of pace getting trigger happy and just absolutely just doing whatever the hell he wants because he knows it's it's desperation time and, and like that could absolutely just put us in a grave like seriously. that's how you that's how you turn into a browns i mean a browns from five years ago uh, that's how you turn into a mid 2000s mid 2010s brown that's how you turn into a jets right now it's how you turn into a jacksonville jaguars yeah yeah i mean it's it's frustrating man it's frustrating and like one thing that that like I, I, it's just like, wow. Like, like one thing that wows me is just the fact that like, I look back at, at, at the bears from when I was a kid and I look back back and I look at them now and literally nothing has changed. Like literally nothing. It, it's the same team. It's the same decisions, same, just, just, it, they're okay with, with, with being average. Like, and that's what sucks. They don't give a shit. Like they don't, I, and I don't care. They, they can tell you all they want that they care. They can tell you they they love this organization. They can tell you they care about results. But actions will always freaking speak louder than words. Always, always, always. And until and on, until I see those actions, this is just meaningless words to me. What speaks more to the culture? Yeah. Okay. Great. You can beat up on the Jacksonville Jaguars as much as you want. What speaks more to the culture, in in my humble opinion, is when you have a seventh round pick punch a guy in the face. With a helmet on, and he doesn't get cut after his suspension, and then you have it happen again. The same corner, the same defensive Pathetic. back keeps Pathetic. keeps keeps doing does the same thing. Knows he's in your head. They come out and say, "Yeah, we worked all week on that." And then a second round pick does the same thing. Throws a punch, gets ejected when you are already first of all in a playoff game when you are already thin on wide receivers. And the same thing happens. That speaks more to the culture that these guys don't have control of their players. These, that's the culture. Anybody could beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. We could line up against the Jacksonville Jaguars and go out there and provide results. But then you have these guys. <laughs> talk to me about a seventh-round pick, punching a guy in the face, getting suspended, not getting cut for God knows what reason. Then in the playoffs, in the biggest situation, you have your number two wide receiver do the same thing, punch the guy in the face, and get ejected. And he's still on the roster for some reason. He should have been cut Monday. Mm-hmm. That's the culture. That's the culture that this Bears team has has permeated, has created since Ryan Pace stepped in the building of no accountability, sunshine and roses. We're all friends. We're going to lift each other up. It's about the friends we made along the way. Don't look at the record. It's crazy. It's absolutely a joke. It's how you become a clown organization. It's how you become a laughing stock of the NFL. And now you're giving this guy free reign for God knows how long because they won't tell us how long their contracts are. And this is what we're left with. So, yeah, it's terrifying that Ryan Pace has seemingly unlimited power to shape the future of this franchise because we're really going to let him select another quarterback. We're really going to let him make more signings. You know, the the money that went to Robert Quinn couldn't have been used on Nick Kwiatkowski. The money that went to Danny Trevathan couldn't have been used on Bryce Callahan. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make a lick of sense. And to Chris's point uh, uh, that built off my first point of it reeks of desperation. It reeks of Ryan Pace feeling the fire on his back, feeling the fire on his legs and being, OK, I got to get these proven veterans. and I got to take these risky moves. Rather than signing Kwiatkowski, who you drafted and who you watched grow, rather than signing Leonard Floyd to one year, $10 million, matching what the Rams gave him, instead of signing Bryce Callahan, who you drafted and watched grow into a star player. 
It doesn't make any sense. Ryan Pace's talent evaluation is so, so awful. And, and granted, while he's had some hits, his and we've said this before, his misses are way, way bigger. And they're way more detrimental to this team than his hits. And now even it looks like Eddie Jackson was a miss. I don't know if it's the coaching or what Eddie Jackson needs, <laughs> but I, I get the dude a smelling salt or something. Like, let's, I mean, I, he looks like a shell of the player he was in 2018. And granted, the, the whole team looks like a shell of what they were in 2018. But it's it just, it's very, it's, it's terrifying to have Ryan Pace in charge of this team for another year with seemingly unlimited power that could affect years and years down the road. Jay, you should be far more terrified that Matt Nagy is the one that is coaching these players that he selects. I think I, we can agree I on that, right? Can I, we agree on that? I don't think I don't think you should be more terrified because Pace's decisions will have will have repercussions that last far longer than Matt Nagy's. Matt Nagy, yeah, players haven't got gotten better under him, but that can change when you change coaches. Then you know, well, yeah, coach, but that's the whole. Coaching point. mistakes can be fixed in a shorter period of time than GM mistakes. The scars that Ryan Pace leaves, because I, I don't think he's going to be here at this time next year, the scars and the marks that he leave, we're possibly going to feel those five years down the road. Whereas Matt Nagy, yeah, you're going to feel those marks and you're going to feel those injuries. Those can be fixed eventually. Those, those are more short-term problems. Ryan Pace could screw the Bears cap-wise, asset-wise, Team-wise, five years from now, we could be looking back at this and looking back at the moves he makes. Matt Nagy, yeah, it it just takes getting a new coach and you could turn some of these players around. Ryan Pace has far more power over this organization. That's what's more scary to me. Yeah, and and like the bottom line is, like, just think about it. He really has nothing to lose. Like, I mean, I mean, like, okay, here. Should they have been fired? Yes. But now we all know that the, the heat is hot. I think we can all agree on that at least. The heat is hot. So, I mean, look, say what you want, but another losing season, I think everybody's going to be calling for a rebuild anyway. So, in his case, if it's like, I mean, shit, but, I'm going to get fired either way. But if more first-round draft picks or second-round draft picks, what's the new GM going to have to work with? That's what I'm, that's what yeah. I'm saying. No, you're, you're right. Know, he, you're and, right. And we know Pace is very – he's fine with trading draft picks. Yeah. We've seen it. Multiple moves. Yeah. So, that's what's scary. Yeah, no, no, no. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's just like, like there's like, I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to be like a a devil's advocate and kind of argue against it. But what I'm trying to say is that like, there's really nothing for him to lose. Like, he's just going to do whatever, you know, he can be aggressive with with no repercussions, because he knows that it's most likely his last chance. Yeah, I mean, that that's a fair point. Unless he does a Deshaun Watson move, then that's one of those situations where all of a sudden, yeah. um, you know, we are looking at things differently. But I think Deshaun my point Watson is has, Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. Is he really going to say, "Yeah, I'll sign up to play for Matt Nagy"? Today, I mean, that is, that today, is, today sealed the fate of the Bears. You're not trading for anybody. You're not trading for anybody who's a star. You're not getting Stafford. You're not getting Watson. They're not going to want to come here. Yeah, I mean that, that that that's that's a very valid point. It is. It is. I, I think like. I think we're just kind of all hoping for the best case scenario and saying that, you know, Deshaun Watson coming to the Bears would be the only way to kind of dig yourself out of whatever the hell you just put yourself into. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not realistic. Like I'm not, if you were to like, I wouldn't put money on it. I definitely wouldn't put money on it. It's, I mean, like Jake said, like what, why would anybody willingly come to the Bears right now? Like it's, 
if, yeah. if, if winning is a priority, that is. And, and that's where things crossed the line today in the past few days for me is, look, you know, fans can have their opinions on things. You know, the media can have their opinions on things. And that's all good and great. But once the players start to have their opinions on things and start, out, you know, speaking out about what's going on, that's when that's when you start to have those conversations about, you know, tearing down an organization and a fractured organization, especially for an organization that even today, after the events of the past few days, prided themselves on their culture. We have players, Akeem Hicks tweeted yesterday, what the hell is going on? He said, I don't know what's happening. You had Darnell Mooney say some things. You had people in press conferences hint at those kind of things. Allen Robinson openly said he didn't know who was calling plays the final two weeks of the season. The culture is not a hill that the organization can die on anymore. And that is really a revelation that stems from the events of the past few days or the events of the past few weeks. We've, for years since Matt Nagy came here, talked that the culture was the foundation of this team and the foundation of this organization. We said, look, you know, maybe they don't have the most talent. Maybe they don't have, you know, some things in certain areas, but their culture is going to hold them together. The whole, the culture is going to lift them up. That's what makes them unique. That's what makes them special. That's what makes them one of those title contenders for a unique reason. That is no longer the case. And that's where it crossed the line for me is when you have players understanding that things are not right and you have a clear fracture in the relationship between, I believe, now the players and the coach. We know there's been a fracture relationship between Mitch Trubisky and the coach for, you know, seemingly a year now. And now there seems to be, you know, Alan Robinson. We know there's something fractured there, whether that's new or old. Now, Akeem Hicks, when the leaders of your team is speaking out, the fact that he doesn't know what's happening, what culture are we talking about here? How can you come? That's and the talk- guy who's, that's the guy who's built your culture up over exactly. the last three years too. Mm-hmm. That is the yep. guy who has created exactly. that culture and led by example and been a leader and, you know, just the, the prime example of who the Chicago Bears are and what they stand for and what they fight for. Akeem Hicks is that guy. For him to say that he doesn't know what's going on, it's I, it, the, the, it's just lack of transparency. And that's the biggest issue. So that's that's where it crossed the line for me, because, you know, you know me, guys. I mean, I we're also I mean, in, we all are big on culture. People should be big on culture because it's one of the most important things for a team in sports, not just in football, in baseball and in, in the NBA. You look at the teams that win championships. You look at the dynasties. Culture is the main reason for that. And when you begin to fracture that culture then it's a downward spiral from there. And quite frankly, the thing that I, that worries me the most is not the fact that Ryan Pace is going to select players. Maybe, uh, you know, it does extremely worry me how that Nagy is going to be developing these players and he's going to misevaluate these players and not give guys opportunities. That's one of the most worrisome things. But the arguably the most worrisome thing for me is the fact that this culture cannot be repaired. This is something you are at a point where this can't be fixed. You know, you have these guys here. Akeem Hicks is going to be here. Khalil Mack is going to be here. You're not in a case where you're bringing in new guys who are going to develop a different culture. You're bringing in new guys who are going to change things. And Matt Nagy is going to start a new culture with a different group of guys. You have these guys signed through 2022 and that's okay. But what's not okay is that this culture is going to be fractured until these guys sign with a different team. It's, it's at a point where I don't know what can be salvaged based off of the events of the past few days. I don't know if this culture can be salvaged. And when you have a culture that, uh, you know, consists of guys not believing in each other, consists of the coach not believing in their freaking team. We saw on Sunday against the Saints, the coach did not believe in his team. That is where things fall apart. And that is what has pissed me off the most and has, you know, really kind of made me turn a 180 uh, on my outlook on this team. Yeah, um, 
I just want to say one thing. And look, this is not me saying he should come back because I don't want him to. I want a fresh start and I want a new quarterback. How many times they mentioned the quarterback in the press conference really pisses me off. Like really angers me. Yeah. Like they're really trying to, they're really trying to, mm, my God, I'm, I'm biting my tongue right now. They're really trying to scapegoat this guy. They're really trying to scapegoat this guy as if he was the only problem. Like, are you kidding me, dude? Are you freaking kidding me? And then you stop, and you, and then Chuck Pagano, quote unquote, retires, and then you stop there. Like, like that's, I mean, like seriously, like seriously, like Jesus Christ, man, it's pathetic, dude. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. Like it's just finger pointing, and 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 we know mm-hmm. who deserves the blame. And it's just, it, it's, it's dumb, man. It's, just, it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Like, and, and think about it. Listen, if you go to a restaurant and they fuck up your order three times. And you go there the fourth time and they fuck it up again. Whose fault is it? Is it yours or is it the <laughs> restaurants? It's yours. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, fans got to open their eyes and just really look at this shit because it's, it's, I mean, it is what it is. Like, they're, like, take this shit at face value. Like, these dudes are, are it, they're bullshitting us. It, it's also, mm-hmm. th- and the same thing to, to piggyback off that, Chris, if you look at that game Sunday, uh, the Bears took one shot down the field to an aforementioned seventh-round pick who will probably not be on the team, hopefully not on the team, uh, and it went, goes right through his hands. Goes, goes right through his hands. Easy, Best throw I've ever seen Mitch Trubisky make in his career, I think. Uh, definitely a top three. And on the money, easy touchdown. Probably changes the whole outlook of the game. Changes the whole dy- dynamic of the game. Goes right through his hands. And the Bears, Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, whoever was calling plays, we're not sure who. The players don't know who. But <laughs> they say, you know what? We're not going to try that again until mm, halfway through the third quarter. That was the second drive. That was the Bears' second drive of the game. And they said, mm, no more of that. What? And, th- and now they want to blame Trubisky because they're calling screen plays and they're calling short outs that go nowhere? It, it makes no sense. And it, like, it doesn't. It doesn't make any I, sense. It, it, that's that's completely coaching. The game plan completely changed for some reason. And, and, and how do you do that? Just, just one second before I forget this. Like the funny thing about this is that like he's talking about. Oh yeah, like that's gonna be the the, the point of emphasis. You know, getting the QB position right. And they're like scapegoat. You know, quote unquote scapegoating Mitch. That's still your fault. You, you he still did that. Like he's the one who brought Mitch in. There's no like there's no way that anybody wins in this situation. Like it's like you can literally blame all these guys for something. And and that's what bothers me. Like you're scapegoating the guy that like I mean that's not going to take the blame off you. That's still your fault. Mhm. It it's insane too. One of the most like laughably insane things that they said today was we have to learn from the Eagles 2019 game. That was two years ago, dude. Why are we still talking about that? They said that? It, because yeah. because yeah. they still think this is 2018, and that's it's, the problem. It's been two years since the Eagles game, and they said we're still learning from that game. We have to still learn from that game. What else do you got to take from that? That game is over. That was two years ago. This is not the same team. This is not the same quarterback. This is not the same assembly of coaches. It doesn't matter. Work on what you have. Learn from this game. Learn from the last six weeks, seven weeks. Learn from this season. It doesn't make sense. That was your pinnacle, really. We're still talking about that. Knowing how that ended, it doesn't make sense. 
It's so weird. And, and, and let's just use this as a segue into the quarterback situation because right now you're looking at Nick Foles as the starter because Mitch is a free agent. I have no idea if they're going to run with Foles. I, I don't know. I hope Mitch, honestly, for Mitch's sake yeah. and for his own, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. I wish him the best, and I do think he could have success somewhere else. And honestly, in all likelihood, it's probably going to be New England. And once Bill Belichick gets in his brain, he's going to become an all pro, uh, which I I will cheer for him. Great. Good for him. Um, If they decide to run this back with just Nick Foles and Tyler Bray next year, there's no reason to watch any game. They'll go. Oh, and you win three football. You'll win three football games. Maybe three football games. And, And that's knowing the schedule you have. Seattle, New Orleans again, I believe. Green Bay, of course. It does. Not like that. That's insane. I I do like. I honestly hope Mitch doesn't come back because yeah, he doesn't deserve this not. again. Yeah, they're not. No. They don't trust him. They no, they made it clear they don't trust. Him. And, and if they say, all right, we'll give you one year, whatever, we'll give you another shot. I'd say screw you and walk out the door. I know he's and I know he said, yeah. oh, I feel like we have unfinished business. You have nothing left to prove here, Mitch. Mitch Trubisky, if you're listening to this, you have nothing left to prove here. Go find success somewhere else. Go go yeah. to Indianapolis. Go to New Absolutely. England. Absolutely. Go somewhere where you can have success and where you can be a starter and where you have someone who actually knows your style of play and can coach that because it's clear that these coaches are either unwilling or unable to do that. And my guess is unable or yeah. not unable, unwilling. They're unwilling to coach to your strengths and they are simply refusing to do so. So go somewhere, go to Bill Belichick, go into his open waiting arms where he'll make you an all pro because I think that is for sure the most – I've never been more confident. And something happening, then Mitch Trubisky, if he goes to New England, he's going to become at least, at the very least, a top half of the league quarterback. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at Nick Foles right now. I mean, it, like I said, Deshaun Watson's not coming here. Uh, Matt Stafford's not coming here. They would outright refuse to come here with Matt Nagy still in charge. And I don't blame them one bit. So that leaves you looking at Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jacoby Brissett. So, I, I mean, that's just depressing. Yeah, I mean, it's that that's the problem. Like, there's really no easy pivot. Um, I mean, you could you could draft a guy, but then again, like, how inspiring is a QB room of Nick Foles and a rookie QB that no one has any idea if he's going to be good or not? Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like the the easy, like the easy fix, of course, would be trading for Deshaun Watson, getting Dak, getting Stafford, getting one of these guys. But it's like, how realistic is it? Like, I mean, seriously, like how realistic is it? We don't know. We're just kind of we're just kind of hoping, it seems, you know, and, and that's the thing. But I mean, I agree with you guys. I I hope to God Mitch leaves. I hope to God Mitch balls out. And I hope to God people absolutely freaking bury Matt Nagy when that does happen, if and when that does happen. So um, I'll be rooting for Mitch no matter what. Um, and, and I honestly, shit, man, if he goes and plays well, I, I, man. More power I, to him. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Honestly, like that wouldn't even make, like that wouldn't even make me mad. Honest to God, that wouldn't even make me mad. Like, just do what's best for yourself, man. Same with Allen Robinson. Like, why even? Like, why? <laughs> like, wh- what's really in it for you, man? Come on, you can get the money elsewhere. You can get the, you know, you have a much better shot at winning something elsewhere. But 
Of course, of course, for you know, as, oh, as Alan, a fan, Alan Robinson's as good as gone. I mean, he yeah. already walked out. Yeah, he as soon as he said, "I feel like we had enough opportunity to do that over the last 365 days." That's done. That's signed, sealed, yeah. deliver. Yeah. He's going to Miami or wherever. I mean, and same thing. More power to him. He'll be an All Pro. Someone who can actually use him and make him a, the superstar and give him the recognition he deserves. He's gone. He's for sure. Yeah. He's he's out of here. Yeah. I think so too, man. I really so do. Alan Robinson, uh, thank yeah. you for the time. And and it sucks. It, like, and I'm gonna say this. I will like. I, I agree that he's most likely gone. But in the event that he does come back, like, I will seriously question his intelligence. Like, I'm being hundred percent serious. Well, if he gets franchise tagged, of course. Uh, well, yeah, of course, of course. That that he has take, take yeah. the eighteen million and run. That's... Yeah, <laughs> of course. But I'm talking about if he signs long term with the Bears, signs any type of contract with the Bears. I think he's crazy because. Like I said, I've said this multiple times throughout the season. Like he can get, he can get the money elsewhere. He can get the stats elsewhere. He can get the opportunity to win elsewhere. So I mean, like you know what I mean. It's not worth the headache. It's just not. And <clears throat> look, obviously, people know I'm the Mitch Trubisky defender. Have been all along, and I'm with you guys. What I love, what I love to be back in Chicago. Yes, because as you all just admitted. Um, and now all of a sudden, people who hated him are admitting people who turned on him for years and, found, you know, went out of their way to bash him for years are now willing to admit that he will be good somewhere else. And obviously that stems from how they feel about the coach. So we kind of know all along or we do know it doesn't take a Mitch Trubisky Pro Bowl season in the coming years to understand why he was unsuccessful here. And for those who want a rookie quarterback, I would say that. Regardless, first of all, I don't think they will draft one. But if they do, I can almost assure you he there, won't be good. There's no way I, they I, can't get away I, with not drafting a I, quarterback. They they can. They trust me. They can. They probably will because <clears throat> they'll go draft a or they'll go pick up a, a veteran or they trade for Sam Darnold or do something like that because that's what they do. But even if they do draft a quarterback, don't evaluate Ryan Pace off of it. Evaluate Matt Nagy because I can guarantee you, whichever quarterback they draft will not be anywhere near their potential because they're being coached by Mananagi. And we have all evidence in the world to believe that that is true. Um, I, it's And you guys can admit, you guys have just admitted it when you say that he's going to go to, hell, if he, he goes to Pittsburgh, if he goes to, um, I don't know, I don't think of another team, but if he goes to any other team with a coach that just believes in him, he'll have success. So so it, it, them drafting a, a quarterback is it should be every every fan's worst nightmare. Because you will go through the cycle of ruining another quarterback. You'll go through the cycle of fans wondering if the guy is really good or not. You go through the cycle of everyone hating Ryan Pace for drafting him. These things, it'll be a it'll be a complete rinse repeat in the coming years uh, if they do draft a quarterback. So it, it hurts, man. It hurts because it, it hurts if you're Mitch Trubisky. I mean that that's the thing. Like this is a we already we talked about his character. We talked about his character. This is a guy who gave his all to the city, gave his all to the franchise, gave his all to the team, man. I mean, this is one of the hardest working guys. The conversation would be different if he was a diva who was outspoken about things. And I know, wish I, he was. I wish he was. I mean, at, at, at this, that. At I this, wish he was. At this very moment, yes. At this very moment, yes. But throughout his career, if he if he had different opinions on things and he was a guy who necessarily wasn't the hardest worker and was regarded as that, the conversation would be different. But you guys mentioned he doesn't freaking deserve this, man. He And no, nobody on the team freaking deserves this. Nobody on the team deserves what's going on right now. I mean, these are all hardworking guys, and there's a belief within the team. There's a belief within the players.
players. There's a belief in themselves. Every player believes in themselves. Every player has confidence in themselves. This is this is this is how they got to that level. Every athlete has belief when they go on the field that they can win a game. Um, that's why you see the Jets win two games at the end of the year when they were supposedly supposed to tank. You know, every player has a belief that they can win. But when your coach doesn't have a belief that you can win, that I, I just can't get over it. And I'm referring to what happened in that Saints game. In the second half of that Saints game, especially when they went up, I believe at the time was 14 to 3. I think they went up 14 to 3 at one point, then it became 21 to 3, and then 21 to 9 for the final. There was zero belief in the head coach that they could win this game. Zero, none. And that was reflected when you punt the ball early in the fourth quarter, when you're down three scores. That's reflected when you're not taking shots on the field. That's reflected in a variety of different ways. When you lose belief from your coach, that is, it's arguably the worst thing that can happen to a team. It's arguably the worst thing that can happen to an organization. And the players understand that. The players realize that. The players feel it. I mean, you guys have played sports in high school. No one, you don't have to have played sports at a collegiate or a professional level to know and to to understand that when your coach loses belief in you, that rubs off on you as a team. That rubs off on you as it goes forward. I mean, it hurts. It hurts when you know that your coach believes that you don't have a chance. And Mitch Trubisky, I'm talking to you because this is his third year of feeling that. You know, you felt it multiple times. You felt it when you were benched for Chase Daniel against the Rams. You felt it when they brought in Nick Foles. And now you're feeling it more than ever. So, no, there's no reason why why he should stay here. He, he said, look, Chicago's home. He would love to be back. For your sake, Mitchell Trubisky, you being here is going to do nothing for your career. You being here is going to do nothing. And quite frankly, um, from a fan perspective, too. I mean, the fans have shit on him for so many years. Why would he Why would he want to continue to receive that reception regardless of how he plays, even when he plays well? You have people on Chicago Sports Radio and you have people uh, on Twitter, you know, smashing their Twitter thumbs on the keyboard talking about every single excuse, even when he plays well. He does not deserve the situation. The fans won't even. And and quite frankly, for those who bashed him for years and years and years, when he goes to another team and he starts to play well and the fans live over there, you can't say anything about that. You can't say that he deserves that because you were one of the reasons that he was thrust into that situation. So that's my little, you know, snippet on the team, Mitch Trubisky. Again, it's all, it's all about belief. And right now there is, there's no belief from the fans or me or you, Jake, or you, Chris, that this team is going to change and that this team uh, is going to have a chance to do anything in the coming years. Look, man, I, uh, I, I just want to say this, like, just so people know where I'm at. Like yesterday, uh, when, when, you know, there was so much like, you know, just suspense, like everybody was just like, what the hell's going to happen? And, you know, I'm usually the one, you know, tweeting, 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 and just like, come on, dude, come on. And then, you know, when news drops, I'm usually like, you know, talking about it. But yesterday, I like, I, I swear to God, if I got on Twitter more than I actually was on, I would have made a very bad decision. Like I, I, <laughs> I was going to absolutely unleash but I, I thought to myself, I was like, bro, like, I, I just hope people aren't blindly positive after this. And if I see that on Twitter, I will explode. I will explode. Like, I absolutely hate that. Like, that's where all this stems from, man. Like, we got to keep putting the pressure on. You have to. You have to. You have to. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Like, you really think nobody knew who Ted Phillips was, okay, before this season, <laughs> Bears fans, Bears fans started talking about mm-hmm. Ted Phillips. He needs to be gone. He needs to be gone. He needs to be gone. Who was in? Who was literally all over headlines in the middle of a, of uh, one week? I don't remember what week it was, but in the middle of a week, all you see 
national media covering Ted freaking Phillips. That's what happens. That's what happens. When you put the pressure on, you get changes. So please stop acting fake positive and, and, and just realize, like, it's fine to be positive as a fan. Like, you want your team to be good, yes, but realize what's in front of you right now. Like, this is a shit show. Yeah, there's no direction. And that's kind of circling back to my point um, <clears throat> of Ryan Pace being in charge because, you know, let's talk about, you know, talking about the future. And that's going to have to be a new quarterback at some point. And, yeah, everyone's excited about Mac Jones after his championship performance and, you know, Justin oh, Fields, blah, blah, and Zach Wilson and Kyle Trask. Um, Here's the thing. I don't trust Ryan Pace to make an, another pick at quarterback. But even if he did, you're at pick number 20. Let's rule out Trey Lance because we know the Bears won't draft him. If you know, you know. We won't dive into that any more than we have to. Um, they're not going to get Lawrence or Fields because they're likely going one, two. Now, that leaves Jones, Trask, and Wilson. Wilson's probably going to go in the top 10. Top probably, five. Yeah, probably to the Falcons unless someone trades into number three and steals him from them. So that takes him off the board. That leaves Jones and Trask. Both final, both Heisman finalists. Now, before you get to 20, for those two quarterbacks, you still have in front of you the Detroit Lions, the Denver Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, the New England Patriots, and the Houston Texans, all of who are probably looking or potentially looking for a new quarterback, depending on what the Texans do, of course. There's not a whole lot of... Uh, you know, positivity that one of those two is going to fall there. And I know Kevin doesn't even like either of those two guys. I Gar- don't have garbage. a problem They're with both either of them. Garbage. I-, I think in the right system, they could both be fine. But again, Matt Nagy's here. Who's to say he's even going to be able to take advantage of the talents that they do have. Um, so you're likely not even going to be able to in a, be in a position to get a quarterback in the first round. And that leaves you with scraps because the drop off from, you know, those first round quarterbacks to the rest is not great. So what's the plan here? Then I guess you just address the offensive line and the linebackers. And again, you go into 2021 with the 2021, 22 season with Nick Foles and whoever you can pick off the scrap heap, unless you can somehow pull off a trade for a Sam Darnold or a Carson Wentz or what have you or Dak Prescott. Yeah. Assuming he would sign a a contract and a sign and trade or whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the future is bleak here. I mean, you're likely not. And I think it's probably better that you don't pick a quarterback until Ryan Pace is gone, which is likely going to be in the 2022 draft. But I mean, how much damage is he going to do in free agency or in trades before then? You know, it's just, it's a really, it's a scary situation. That's the best way to say it. Here's what you need. You need a guy who can take over the team and take over the culture and take over the franchise. So a rookie is not going to do that. And we know that. And quite frankly, Mitchell Trubisky wasn't God, really that good. Well, no, I mean, but look, here's what I'm trying to say. Seen, listen, listen, I mean, look at what Baker Mayfield's done, but that's the point. Yeah, sure. Well, that's what, well, okay. So that's kind of a, that's an okay. Like the situation is different because comes to fancy is actually a good coach. Um, but in the years prior, yes, but I'm talking about a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and yeah, no quarterback. is just going to come here and be Aaron Rodgers, but I still don't believe Aaron Rodgers likes Matt LaFleur. You can tell me what you want. You can't tell me that Aaron Rodgers is all in on Matt LaFleur. And when you look at that team and people talk about, you know, the culture of that team, who are the leaders, I guarantee you the top three people aren't aren't coaches. Uh, it probably goes Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, 
and maybe Devonta Adams or somebody like that. You need a guy who can take over and make that irrelevant. Make, make Matt Nagy's culture and his leadership irrelevant because that's the only way you're going to win in the future based off of what I've seen from this guy. People that can do that. And, and, and this the only way that can happen is if you get a guy like Matt Ryan, you get a guy like Deshaun Watson, you get a guy like Dak Prescott, you get veterans in this league who are proven leaders who can create their own culture. And it sucks that this is the reality of it, that the culture that you're going to have a divided locker room where the culture of the players is different than the culture of the team with the coach. So essentially it is going to be a fragment of, okay, the players, we're going to play for ourselves and we're going to play for each other. And the coach can think what he wants, say what he wants, get on the, you know, the media and say whatever he wants. We're going to do this as a team. We're going to do this as players. And that's the way I see it right now. Ricky quarterback doesn't do that for you. So that screws your franchise over in the coming years. A guy like Sam Darnold doesn't really even do that for you. Some of those younger guys that you can get, oh, people want Taylor Heineke from Washington. That guy doesn't do that for you. Deshaun Watson does that for you because he's done that for three years. You kidding mm-hmm. me? You think when the, when, the, when the Texans made the playoffs um, with Bill O'Brien, you tell me that, that Bill O'Brien led that after everything we've heard <laughs> seen? You tell me Bill O'Brien was the leader of that locker room taking them to where they wanted to be? No. That was Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, leaders leading them. And the fortunate thing for the Bears is they do have guys like that on their team. They do have Akeem Hicks. They do have Eddie Jackson. They do have, you know, Khalil Mack. Some of these guys who but are But these out- guys are checked out now. They, they, they don't want to lead for this guy. They don't want to leave for this guy. But that's what that's what a good quarterback comes and does. That's what a Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson comes to do. They lead for your team. They lead for him. And that's and that's what I'm saying is what needs to happen. If there's any if there's any way to me that this team can make the playoffs next year, is the only way that can happen is if they get a guy like that and if he leads and all of a sudden the players are invested to play for him. We did see a glimpse of that with Mitch Trubisky. They they, they started to play from you saw that guys in the past four games and we, we saw this with the Bears once. Um, God, I don't know. Bill once Bill Lazor became the offensive coordinator, once Mitch Trubisky started to play well, you saw belief in this team, right? You saw belief that this team could do something, and that was reflected. They made the playoffs, and there was a certain sort of belief that they could do something in the playoffs. That did not come from Matt Nagy. Literally, he was the reason that that came in the first place because he, dec- he, he opted to not become uh, call play any plays anymore. All that belief that you saw in the final four games of the season came from the players having belief in themselves, the players having belief in the quarterback who started to play well, the players having belief in Bill Lazor, and... That can only happen if either Matt Nagy stayed out of the play calling, which he didn't. He worked his way back into it against Green Bay. He worked his way back into it against New Orleans, and I have full belief that that happened. But you bring in a guy. Right. That, that's the thing. When it comes yeah. to playing good teams, you're going to get dick slapped because Nagy takes over again. It's easy to feel good after you play the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Minnesota Vikings and the Houston Texans when they're at their worst. That's fine, but when when – Matt Nagy's going to step back in for the biggest moments. These guys are just going to say, all right, never mind. We're going to check out for these games too. So it it doesn't matter. You could like, that's fine. The bears have a much harder schedule than they had this year. Um, You know, cause they're going to have to go. Yeah. They're going to have to go on some really tough road games and those guys are going to say, all right, well, yeah, we can play the lions, but you know, let's just check out because what's even the point if we, if we do back into the playoffs again and, you know, we're in the same situation and we get our, our just our, we get our teeth kicked in. So I don't think it matters. And again, I, I'm just going to, I just like to reiterate the point. Deshaun Watson's not coming here. 
He's never going to waive that trade call, that no trade clause to come here. And not, I don't know. Not I, really, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it to come play for Matt Nagy. He already had to deal with Bill O'Brien. He's not going to come deal with Bill O'Brien 2.0. Not going to happen. It's just not. A Dak Prescott, maybe if you could finagle it somehow with the franchise tag and a sign and trade or whatever you want to do, maybe. But also, players talk to each other. I don't think there's going to be anybody waving anybody on this team waving the banner saying, yeah, come play for us. Nobody. Yeah. Khalil Mack's not going out there texting other players saying like, yeah, this is great. We're having a great time. That's not happening. So really, uh, and really, really what you have to look forward to is 2022, because in my eyes, next season is a lost cause. Unless, yeah. unless by some miracle, you get some jolt at quarterback and and somehow Matt Nagy gets squashed by a comet. <laughs> I have no, I have no, and, and, and here's the thing. It's easy, you know, I'd like to walk this back a little bit by saying it's easy to do this and be this critical when we're angry. And that's like, I'm sure Matt Nagy in day-to-day life is a lovely person. I'm sure Ryan Pace in day-to-day life is a lovely person, but as at their jobs, they stink. They stink at their jobs. I'm sure as people, they're great. I'm sure I'd love to have a beer with them one day, but at their jobs, they stink and they are crappy and bottom of the barrel at their jobs. That's just facts. That is just factual. And that's, you know, it, at some point, you know, you have to separate the artist from the person and that's what we're doing. So, I, yeah. I mean, obviously we don't wish harm on these people, but like at some point, you know, Chuck Pagano saw the writing on the wall. He knew he was going to be the scapegoat. So he said, all right, I'm going out on my own terms. I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. Have a backbone, have some pride and do the same thing. And they're not obviously going to because money is nice, but you know, it's yep. just, it, it's. It's crazy, and really, we're not going to see a turnaround for the Chicago Bears until 2022 after they win three games next year and the house gets cleaned again, but Ted Phillips is probably still in that high office calling the shots, and so is it really going to change? Who knows? I don't. It's just a really, it's a really, really crappy position to be in as fans. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, like, guys, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I was debating if I should even talk about this, but it's just like, man, like, Ever since I was a kid, the only like, honest to God, <laughs> after like the the obvious of of like, you know, my my family being healthy, my friends being healthy, like all I've really ever wanted was a Bears Super Bowl. Like that might sound lame as hell, but that's the God honest truth. And I know you guys are the same way, and I know so many others are the same way. And it's just super frustrating because nothing has changed at all, at freaking all, like. At the very least, like pretend like you care, maybe just pretend like you I don't know. It's it's sad, man. It's sad. Like, and honestly, like I'm thinking about this. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of fans who are gonna stop caring. Like I and, and diehards at that. So I don't know. Make of that what you will, but I mean, like they I, I think they pushed people over their limit today. And and here's something that I want to say, too. These types of things happen to the Jacksonville Jaguars. These types of things happen to the New York Jets. These types of things happen to the Houston Texans. Franchises that, you know, don't have a clear reputation in the league, who have only been around for, you know, not that many years, a few decades, whatever. These types of things aren't supposed to happen to the most storied franchises in the league. These types of things aren't supposed to happen to the most respected franchises in the league, which the Bears are. The Bears are the most, arguably, with the Packers, storied franchises in the league. 
should be up there for the most respected franchise of the league because of their history. These types of things don't happen to these organizations. I mean, these like have a damn sense of pride. Know who you are. I mean, yeah. like, do you not like? And I, I, do you, you understand the point I'm trying to make here? Is like 100%. this is such a prideful organization. I mean, we just had a celebration yeah. a year ago of a hundred, two years ago of a hundred years of Bears football and everything that that means and the players and and the people that have come through here. Imagine George Hallis is looking down at this situation. How would you think a guy like him feels about this? How would you think a guy like Walter Payton feels about this situation? Yeah. I mean, think think yeah. think about what those guys are saying, and and then j- just yes. run that through your head, and that should tell you all you need to know. Yeah, and and just back to my kind of just piggybacking off that, like, look, I mean, like this shit is football, and, and people are gonna say like it's just a game, but like not in Chicago. Like that's the, I'll die on that hill. In Chicago, it's not just a game. People care about the Chicago Bears. Like it's part of, like it's just part of being from Chicago. It's part of living there. Like you, the, the Chicago Bears are a part of your life. You can't really escape it. I mean, you really can't. Like it's, it's the bottom line. Like sports in Chicago are supposed to be, you know, at the tip top, like in tip top form. At, at you know, of course, teams will always struggle, but you got to figure out how to get out of that struggle quick. When you're, you know, in a market like Chicago, it's that simple. It really is. Like, people want results. You have to deliver results. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it feels like we're all, like, this whole episode feels like we've just been saying the same thing in different words. And that's genuinely what it is because nothing has changed. We've said this in the past and we're still saying it now. So, right. It's just, a, it's such, and the thing is, like, if you, you know, I, I work in radio in Chicago and we had a bear show last night and the phone lines were full the entire night over a three hour show. And that like to Chris's point, this is a bears town. People care even when they're bad, like they have to voice their feelings and you know, people are still going to support this team next year. Uh, even though you're probably going to win five games, maybe because you have, you know, you play, you play the NFC West first of all, and you play the AFC North. So that's not great uh, for your schedule. And, and then, of course, you have the Packers and the Lions and Vikings as well on top of that. But And then you have one game against the Buccaneers. But it's just – it's so brutal. And it's just – it's sad. And because the thing is they've just completely kicked us in the teeth because 2018, they built up our expectations. And now here we are, um, you know, two years later – saying that we can't wait for this regime to be over in a year because it's just gotten to that point where you need a full reset. And we thought we were out of the woods there, and, and now you're just still in the same spot. It's, you know, I, one of my buddies said this to me earlier, you know, the Bulls threw off their hat of incompetency and doing things the wrong way, and the Bears picked it up and said, oh, we'll take this. It's just, <laughs> it's so, it's brutal. And so... I mean, where do you go from here? Um, I mean, the next step is hiring a defensive coordinator, but it's it's yeah. like the quarterback. Who's who's going to want to come here? So you're probably looking at a promotion from within the organization. Um, you know, maybe well, uh, Jay Rogers. Ahead. Yeah, I mean, someone who's been Jay here Rogers. a while. It's I mean, it's no one's going to want to come here. So yeah, yeah, it's true. That's that's the bottom I line. Um, I don't know, but here's the thing though. Like, I I don't know. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Kevin. No, you're good. Um, I was just going to say, like, you know, these guys, these guys, you know, were in the room with Chuck Pagano. And, like, how much are we expecting things to change if you're just hiring from within? 
So, like, look, I know you're not going to get, you know, a top-tier candidate. That kind of seems unlikely. But I'm willing to give somebody else a chance. Like, I really am. Because I, I do still believe there is enough talent on this Bears defense for them to at least be a top-10 defense. So, I don't sure. know. I, yeah. I'm Spe- not, speaking, I don't know. Of, speaking of which, we did learn today that Khalil Mack had an injury all year, which kind of explains mm-hmm. the lack of counting stats. Um you know, and, and they did say there would be they didn't anticipate any major surgeries this offseason, which is good news for Darnell Mooney and Jalen Johnson, because those were up in the air. Uh, so, and, and Roquan Smith, of course. So I mean, that's that, that's I guess we could kind of try and end on a good note with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I well, mean, what? Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. Well, one thing, too, uh, just real quick, as we're talking about, you know, we've said multiple times now, people don't want to come here. People don't want to come to the situation. The one thing the Bears do have going for them is that, you know, people, players are attracted to the city. Players are attracted to the, uh, you know, most players who come to this team are received very well by their fans. Again, like I mentioned, they do know the history of it. Um, So it's not as in, you know, what fucking player, excuse my language, wants to go to the damn Jacksonville Jaguars, the damn Houston Texans in this given moment. Nobody, right? Not only because the organization sucks, it's the market's not too big. You know, any endorsement deal that you possibly want isn't going to be as great over there. You're not going to make as much money um, from those kinds of things in those certain situations. You know, the fans aren't all in. Like, that's, that's not the case. So, like, I've said this for a while now. You look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, um, who, who who we know uh, may 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 leave Green Bay. I don't. I wouldn't say it's a given, but I still think it's a possibility. And I don't know if I'm crazy for thinking that. Like he could come over here, screw the organization, screw you. I've been through this before. I don't love Matt Lafleur. I'm going to take over this team. Um, and you know, people are going to want to come here because of the city, because of the organization. So the Bears do have that going for them. Like, I, I don't want that to get lost that like, this that is just a shit situation, so far, but no, but it does get you far. It, trust me. It does get you far. like, first of all, and, the, and you said this before, first of all, people are attracted to money regardless. Like if they give you the money and they give yeah. you the opportunity, like, okay, I don't care what the situation is. You're you're paying me to play football. I'm going to go and do it. But if you are one of those guys who's has competing offers and maybe the bears aren't even paying you as much money as let, let, let me give, let me, let's think of a situation here. Let's say it is Matthew Stafford. Okay. And event Matthew Stafford leads Detroit. He's got the same amount of money come from coming from Chicago or coming from Houston. What draws him to Chicago over Houston? It's 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 the city, it's the organization, the history of the organization, it's all it's the fans, it's all of those things that would draw him to a situation like Chicago's, which currently their hierarchy and you know the upper management, their situation isn't much better than the Houston Texans. Like it would draw him to Chicago for those reasons. So, like, do you see what I'm saying with that? Like they do, yeah. they do have that going for them. No, and and honestly, like I may be reaching here, but like, like Kevin just brought up, like if there's a guy, you know, like the bear, we can agree that the bears are in a bad situation. I mean, we just talked about it this whole episode, but let's say like the bears versus another team that's in a uh, bad situation. Let's say, for example, Houston, it's a, I don't know, a linebacker, a free agent linebacker, whatever he's picking, he's most likely picking the, like, like that could be the difference. You know, the, the market could def, like genuinely be the difference between him picking the Bears and the Texans. Like the fact that it's Chicago means something. And and I do kind of agree with Kevin on that part for sure. But like, but I also do agree with Jake on like that can only take you so far. And it's like, you know, we just talked about how things haven't changed. And it's like, when are people going to be like, okay, I mean, maybe like the, the, you know, the appeal of Chicago doesn't outweigh what the hell we're seeing them do right now. Yep. Right. There, there's only, yeah, right. I mean, obviously we all live here. Chicago's great, but 
Like it, if you, who's going to want to come to a place where quarterbacks go to die, you know, like that, if that's, and right now you could argue that's Matt but that's what's reputation. Different, though. So, but that's, what's different is like, that's why. And that's why I say increasingly now that they, if they get a veteran quarterback, like, yeah, quarterbacks go to die. When you talk about a guy who's brought up through the organization as a rookie. Yeah, that's true. They haven't. And, but you bring in a guy who's established, like that quarterback can't just come here to die. Like he's a good player. Um, and you, that's why you have to get like, maybe, maybe a veteran can come here and die if they're not a true leader, but like Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, like Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, like those players, I don't think those players would come here and just suck. So like in that regard, you know, that, that's how, that's how it can happen. Like quarterbacks don't necessarily come here to die. If you are a veteran, it's just that they, you know, I mean, yes, Nick Foles. Yeah, if people who, people who want to say, well, what are you talking about, Nick Foles? Guys, Nick Foles has never been a good starting quarterback in the league. Like, that's not a good example. Well, like, he well, didn't just come like, here. And... But, but also, like, the offensive game plan as a whole is a black hole. Uh, I mean, that that's fair, but that is fair. But they do have skill. Like, they do have some skilled players there to work with. You know what I mean? Do so, they? Darnell Moody's going to be standing in the wide receiver room by himself next year. That's not true. Dave, Dave. Dave Dave Montgomery's a good player. I mean, we know that. I, know. I, I said the wide Tariq receiver. comes back, guys. Yeah, Tariq. Oh, gosh. Two tight, uh, tight ends we know are uh, suddenly a strong, an arguably strong oh. unit. Well, you know, is, and, is Jimmy Graham going to want to come back? after mm, <laughs> he, he, caught look, the touch, he, caught, he caught the only touchdown pass and ran straight to the tunnel, which was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. That was, but that was. Uh, there's, I, I see no way Jimmy Graham comes back. Like, no way. At all. I, 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 I'm as pretty I think sure. he's going to retire? No, as in I think that, you know, he's going to – I mean, the him like and, you look at the cap. Him and Mitch package deal to New England. Who says no? <laughs> no, like you really like, – like he's – I mean, he's on eight mil a year. Um, we have an out after th- – I'm pretty sure this offseason we have an out, right? It was after – it was a two-year deal, but we had an out after one yeah, year. Yeah, like it was like an option or something. Yeah. yeah, and I believe that was a team option. So – I mean, he's probably like if you got to get rid of guys to make room to to bring in a court or to make room for a quarterback or, you know, another skills player like I just kind of see Jimmy Graham being at the top of that list, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I don't know. I I, I would love to have him back just for one more year. Um, But I I don't know. Do do you guys see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like depending on age and and all that, it's like he kind of seems like the guy who would be at the top of that list. He definitely deserves it. I mean, he earned another contract if they. I think so. But I think so. I I, well, I think he's for sure like earned another year. Like he deserves to play out his contract. But that's what happens, man. Unfortunate situations. Like when you dig yourself into a hole, you know, people that may not deserve it are gonna get you know destroyed. So. But we have made one thing clear. Get Javon Wims and Anthony Miller off my team. Bombs. Correct. Can't be correct. That would be correct. Bombs. Sadly. Yeah, I I, uh, I texted my my buddy. Uh, there's this guy on Twitter who's a huge Bears fan. Me and him always, every time Javon Wims did something, we would just tweet out Javon Wims Hive. And I texted him right away. I was like, Javon Wims Hive is officially dead, brother. It's officially yeah. dead. And he was like, yes, it is. And it was just sad. But listen, man, I... um. I, Javon Wims, I think when he first came into the league, he showed, he, you know, he flashed a little bit. Um, and then, you know, I, I look, I look back to that Cowboys game and, you know, him getting hurt. He, he dropped a couple balls and then they like ever since then, that, that kind of felt like the turning point for me. But with that being said, I mean, you're, he's dropping balls, punching dudes on the field, 
Like, it's not worth it, man. It's really not. And and do I think he's the worst player in the world? No, I don't. But it's just not worth the headache. And with Anthony Miller, look, I will still die on the hill that he's talented. I will still do it. On the football field, I think Anthony Miller is a good player. But I can't control what he does mentally. Like, I, the mental lapses, I can't control. I can't do shit about that. Like, that's just, it's inexcusable, man. It's inexcusable. And that's another situation where I feel like it just may not be worth it, like, to try. And you know what I mean? Sometimes We didn't even get the annual Anthony Miller weeks 11 to 16 breakout. We didn't even get that this year. We didn't. And and that's kind of, like, where this is stemming from. Like, you look at that as well, and it's like, you know, bottom line is he just hasn't produced. Is he talented? I believe so. He hasn't produced. Time to rip the Band-Aid off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean. Yeah, it, 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 it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And now you, you wonder about the future, and you t- Jake talks about those weapons. I, I personally, we don't have to go deep into this. I think they almost have to take a wide receiver early on in this draft. Um, this is a loaded wide receiver draft, especially in the first round. I think they should take a wide receiver at number 20. Um, that's my opinion. But it's, you know, after at the end of the game, too, Matt Nagy came out and was like, look, on Wednesday, the week before the game, they literally had – uh, a few hours of time dedicated to watching film from the first game against the Saints and seeing what transpired in that game and essentially doing that to ensure that that wouldn't happen in the playoff game. They spent time doing that, not just with Anthony Miller, not just with the, Chibam, but the whole team. They spent precious yeah. practice. And th- this is not me bashing Matt Nagy for doing that. Like Matt Nagy was right. If he, if he did one thing right, he was right to do that. Um, that was a good decision by him to hold that kind of meeting and take time out of the way to do that. Because we know what a situation like that can do to throughout the course of a game, what it can do to the momentum of a game, what it can do from a field position standpoint. And that's evident. Um, and you, you had this whole thing with the whole team, everybody there. And it, it's, just, it's like a fuck you. It's like a fuck you, fuck you in your time. Fuck it all is. that, you know. Right. Yeah, again, I, I respect. Look, look, respect. look, even even if that meeting wasn't held, like that's still like, dude, everybody and their mother knew that's what Chauncey Gardner Johnson is about. That's what he does. And that's people whole I shit. can't believe I cannot believe people are mad at him. Like I swear to God, Bears fans are mad at him. Don't don't be mad at him. That's what he does. It's a strategy. He's using it's it effective. as a tool. If he's yeah, it's effective. He keeps getting he keeps baiting people. Why would he Clearly stop doing it? Works. it? Yeah, and it's like people are like mad at him. I mean, like, why mad at him? Be mad at Anthony Miller. Everybody knew that's what was going to happen. Like, everybody knew he was going to try to get in their heads, and it still happened. So, I mean, you can't defend that. You can't defend that. Like, you got to be smarter. You got to know. How the hell did, did I know that and Anthony Miller didn't? Like, come on, dude. Come on. But I do have a question for you guys with that being said. If you had to keep one of, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but if you had to keep one of Miller or Javon Wims for next year, who would it be? Do I have to choose? You do. <laughs> yeah, right? Just can't, for argument's sake. Can't I just get like a $5 scratch off from the gas station <laughs> instead? <laughs> you, you, um, you would choose Anthony Miller. I mean, you, I, uh, you would have to choose I, Anthony I think Miller I because can, Javon yeah, have to go because there. Anthony Miller catches that fifty-yard pass, whether you like it or not. He does yeah, catch that pass. Yeah. But, but you know what? You know what? And, and you know what? Champagne fans even more. Riley Ridley catches that ball. Riley Ridley yeah. catches that ball. Oh, okay. Sure. And 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 you watched you watched Riley Ridley sitting on the bench without his uniform on, uh, or maybe he did have his uniform. Did he? I don't think he was an act. Was he active? Know. I don't even remember. Who doesn't care? It's, whether he's active or active doesn't freaking matter. He wasn't gonna play anyway. You watched Riley Ridley sit on the bench while it went right through the hands of Javon Wims. Um, like, it's that was so yeah. Brutal. 
Come on. Yeah, I mean, Javon Williams catches right. that bomb, but all right, let's wrap it up. We've been doom and gloom enough. So, um, all right, blind predictions without looking at the schedule. All right, well, there isn't a schedule. I'll <laughs> look at the opponents. Bears record next year. Go. I'll go last. Well, we we do know we don't know the opponents. And have, look, I the, without looking though, that just would, blind reaction off the top of your head. You you play the NFC, you play the NFC West and the AFC North in your division, as well as the Giants. What, and Bucks. Well, are you basing this based off of like as if Nick Foles were the QB next year, or based just, off of, like it's all thinking about that. it? No, regardless, regardless. Yeah, just just like a blind prediction. I think this is pretty cool. Actually, I kind of want to. I'm gonna look back at this for sure. But five and eleven. Okay, uh, Kevin. Um, blind. I'll just I'll I'll, I'll go eight and eight again. <laughs> oh, my, oh my! Oh god. I would, I would cry. That would actually be worse. Like seriously, that would actually be worse. Well, that's exactly why I chose it. Worst place. Oh my god! But he does have a point. That's the thing. Like you really, like you could definitely see that. Um, I'm gonna go three and thirteen. Oh shit! That that, the only way that happens, in my opinion, the only way they only win three games is is if they if they if they go into next season with Foles. Like if they go into any if they go into next season with any quarterback that's better than Foles, they'll win more than three games. Uh, I'm going three and thirteen. I think you're going to have guys checking out at three and thirteen. Oh, All right, well, we that, three, that was, we that was three and thirteen, five and eleven, and eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what does this come to? All right, well, granted, uh, this is the end of the season for us. We're going to take a couple weeks off. Uh, we'll be back. I mean, we'll do an emergency pod if anything crazy happens, but this is the Chicago Bears, so that's unlikely. So you'll probably see us a couple weeks before the draft. Uh, probably right after the Super Bowl, we'll do an episode. But we're going to take a couple weeks off, let everything sink in, let everyone process everything. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when that happens, we'll be back for season five. We'll be sure to tweet about it and share it. Well, you guys will know. You guys will know. Don't worry. We'll be back. Uh, but as always, thank you guys for a great season, even though it didn't end the way we wanted to. Uh, thank you to Manscaped for rolling with us for the couple weeks that they did. Thank yeah. you to Chris and Kevin for you know, their commitment to this show and to putting together a good show. Uh, I was in and out due to work and family stuff and everything uh, for a couple weeks. So they did a great job. This is a great show. We have a lot of fun here and we look forward to starting season five in a couple weeks. But thank you guys to the fans, of course, most especially for your continued support. We know it's not easy with this team. So thank you guys for sticking with us. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, so, you know, nurse your wounds, lick your wounds, Bears fans. Uh, we'll be back to break it down in a couple weeks. And as always, thank you for listening. And it might hurt to say, but bear down. <laughs> bear down. Bear down. Bear down.